there's something been curious about this broadcast. This is TGP Nominal. Commence episode now. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. All systems remain nominal. Nominal, nominal. Hello everybody and welcome to our annual Garbage Pod Stroke TGP Nominal Christmas Crossover. We've produced the Christmas Crossover for the last few years so that listeners of both podcasts can experience a taste of the other podcast. This year's show won't be as extravagant as in previous years due to personal reasons, but some of the segments that you've grown to love about the Christmas Crossover will still be there. There will be guests, there'll be music and messages from people that we've worked with and people that have supported us over the years. So we're going to take a short break and when we come back, I'm going to take a trip to my hometown to chat with someone that I've had the pleasure of collaborating with over the last six years. Christmas to everybody on TGP Nominal from Gareth Jones on Speed. Hi, this is Eddie Spangles from Feel the Force Day. I uh, hope you all have a lovely Merry Christmas and a great New Year. And hopefully uh, next year on the podcast, I might be able to win the quiz. I very much doubt it, but uh, we'll see what happens. Have a lovely one. Take care, guys. All you garbage pod viewers out there, uh, happy holidays from NASA Edge. Merry Christmas. Yeah, I like that festive robust. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Have a great holiday season and, and just... Uh, be safe out there. Yeah, absolutely. be safe. And also, if you're interested in unique gift ideas, um, we do parties. No, just kidding. <laughs> but uh, you can download episodes of Garbage Pod and NASA Edge. They make perfect digital stocking stuffers. This is a bit different uh, for the podcast, basically because we do this every year. We're involved with an event that takes place in Aylesbury, organised by Aylesbury Town Council, called Live in the Park, part of the Park Life Weekend. Usually I have the Senior Community and Events Officer for Aylesbury Town Council, Ruth Mayhew, on the line. Well, it's a bit different today because we're actually talking in person. And a great and unique experience for us. Definitely. <laughs> great to see you in person, Mark. So let's rewind back to that August bank holiday. Yeah, yeah. Um, amazing event as always. Thank you very much. I totally agree. And uh, a very diverse collection of acts this year. Yes, yeah, they certainly were. Some, some amazing, phenomenal bands this year. As we're sat here on a kind of like a rainy day, looking out the window, and the, the, the rain is falling from the sky, and it's very grey, uh, it's very reminiscent of, of, of uh, Live in the Park this year. Yeah. Because basically we woke up to uh, predictions of horrendous thunderstorms, 
Um, so as an event organiser, that kind of like rings alarm bells in so many different levels in terms of basically keeping the public safe during a lightning storm. Yeah. Um, but then irrespective of the lightning, we had the most torrential downpour, as you will recall. Yeah, indeed. It was, we'd almost go as far as saying biblical at stages. <laughs> Um, the, the rain just kind of like was, was, was pelting down from the sky. There were people with um, carrier bags on their heads, upturned seats to protect themselves from the rain. But ultimately, the, the, all the bands on the stages just carried on playing through the, uh, through the torrential rain. Um, and seeing the community spirit of, of so many local people wanting to support the bands that were on the stage at the time yeah. um, was just was just really quite amazing. In fact, it was a band called Faces 4 uh, that were on stage whilst the, uh, whilst the rain was thundering. Well, not thundering, that's the wrong choice of word because there was no thunder at that point. Um, <laughs> and it was just kind of like pouring down. And to, to, to have um, Faces 4, who were one of our Battle of the Bands winners from last year, kind of like... Yeah, completely and utterly doing a brilliant show, even though the, 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 the heavens were open and everybody was being drenched and the public enjoying them um, and kind of like carrying on through were amazing. And then we were about to go on to the, the next stage, on to the main stage uh, with a, a young musician, young drummer by the name of Jack Manders. Yeah. Um, he's a brilliant local drummer. Uh, I think he's about... 16 years old at the minute yeah about that now yeah um he's played with us a, a few times before um and he had a, an ensemble of uh other young musicians many of whom have played on the west end with him from um school of rock and other such things and there was this brilliant ensemble of, of very young musicians um and very talented musicians and they were literally just about to go on stage instruments in hand everything all great despite yeah. the rain but then unfortunately we got, the lightning was too close. We have to keep everybody safe. Um, and there's basically, you can't have the, the lightning being closer than the three miles away, which is three seconds between the, the thunder and the lightning. Right. Um, and we got to that stage. So unfortunately we kind of like had to stop. Okay, everybody, just before we uh, get going, we've got uh, a safety announcement just to make. Uh, Due to the adverse weather conditions, we're temporarily suspending the music on stage. It's, uh, it's for your own safety with thunder about and so much, uh, so much equipment. We ask that everyone who's located in the area and moves to the area behind the green. Please do not shelter under any trees and do not open your umbrellas. This is the safety announcement from Aylesbury Town Council. And as soon as it's safe to do so, we'll make an announcement and continue with the live music on stage and let you move back to the front area. Thanks ever so much, Aylesbury, for your swift cooperation and understanding. We'll see you very, very soon. And we had to clear the stage for um, half an hour until it was safe um, for us to reopen again. And again, Jack and the rest of the band um, dealt with it really, really well. Very yeah, very professionally. And the audience stayed with us. Uh, people were in the park and they say they took shelter in any which place that they could. Luckily, at that point, the, even though we had the lightning and the thunder very close by, we didn't have the torrential rain at that point. No. So we played through the rain, but then had to pause because of the lightning, which felt a little bit ironic. <laughs> Um, but it was it was brilliant. The atmosphere was just lovely um, and an amazing day. Because I, I managed to 
get an interview with Jack Manders and his and his lads during the evacuation. We were in the the area that we were allowed to be in, yeah. and it was a different kind of interview because nobody kind of knew what we were doing, and and we just captured it. I think at one point during uh, the interview, you you came along asking if everybody was okay, and it was very different and. Uh, it added to the atmosphere of the recording, actually. Oh, yeah, good. Um, <laughs> and then also, when there was a, one of the massive downpours, Crimson 97 yes. had just finished. Yeah. And I was trying to conduct an interview with them, and it was like, where do we go? So we went in one of the tents, but it was so heavy. Really difficult to hear what anybody was saying. Yeah. But you make do with what, what you've got. I mean, I've, I've been doing this event for ten, nearly 10 years now. And that's the first time we've had to do a stage closure for, <laughs> for any kind of reason. Um, and yeah, it's 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 everybody working together as well. You say you, you do with what you make best with what you've got. Yeah, that's what's great about community events. Everybody pulls together. Definitely. There's no egos involved. There's no anything like that. It's about delivering to the public, um, and that's what's amazing. And that's why we love working with these local bands. Because they're there to perform, they're there to entertain. Excellent, um, yeah. And and sort of what the weather's doing. We'll just we'll just wait our turn. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was great. And I found this year there was a lot of energy with some of the artists and bands that were there this year. Yeah. In particular, uh, which was a very unusual name, uh, JP and oh, Betty. They're amazing. So JP, I, I won't tell you what the JP stands for because that's, that's <laughs> the mystery. Um, but Betty is in fact JP's guitar. Yeah. Um, and he is a local singer-songwriter that's been on the scene for years and uh, quite young. Really lovely, approachable, amenable guy. And oh, we were just yeah. like, like, come on, let we, we want you on the stage. He was in fact due to do what we call a part of our mixtape, mm-hmm. which is kind of like only kind of like ten minutes for a, a variety of different um, artists with just a singer and a guitar. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, the two others that were scheduled had to pull out at the last minute. Yeah. So uh, all of a sudden, I said to JP, I was like, uh, can you do a, a, a thirty-minute set rather than a ten-minute set? And of course he did. And the songs that he played, he had the he was the first he was the first live act on the band yeah, on the stages, yeah. and he had the audience eating out the palm of his hands within minutes. He was just fun, and that's what's great about as I say about local musicians is is their ability to engage and interact um, with the public and and you know know their audience because you know they they grow up with so many people, same schools, you know, go to the same bars and the same you know same town, and it's it's so much fun. When I was speaking with him, uh, we clicked because of his love of parodies. Oh, okay. And I have a love of parodies yeah, as well. Yeah, I Because I used to write them when I was a kid, and I was talking to him about that, and he said, yeah, it's great fun. And uh, I sort of likened some of the stuff he did to uh, Weird Al Yankovic and people like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was... It's great where people draw influences from and how that kind of like comes across in their music. Yeah. Um, I think he did He did one do one cover rather than an original one, a cover of um, Bare Necessities. Yeah. And it just the fun, you could just, 
the way people have fun with music and lyrics and performing is is so heartwarming to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us as event organisers to be able to bring that into our community is really, really special for us. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And another one that struck a chord with me was the, uh, the Mojo Mules. Mojo Mules, yeah. Totally amazing. The washboard and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Um, so it was and kind a of moniker and, yeah. and that kind of thing. So yeah. So it had a kind of a skiffle kind of feel to it as well, yes. which was really amazing. Yeah. And the speed that he actually plays that, I was just blown away by yeah. it. Super, super talented. Yeah. Really amazing and just yeah, the the the, the vibe between the couple on the stage, the two men on the stage, um, is just so electric and engaging that's just and, and, and the lead singer's just got this really deep soulful voice as well it's it's really hugely impactful and, and as you say very different style and sound and, and that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and just loving music yeah there's a, there were some really good uh, bands um, we had Crimson 97 a very young band yeah um, all ex-students from XYZ Music, I believe. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and so, so youngsters all playing together, young rock band, female-fronted, yeah. um, both on, on, on vocals and on guitar. Um, and yeah, amazing, amazing young band. They won our Back of the Bands last year. Faces 4 came a very good runner-up, and but no, Crimson 97, and, and they, they played on the main stage. So there's these... Um, I think there was five of them, you know, young teenagers filling this enormous stage um, with a huge crowd uh, just before the rain came. They, in fact, they had glorious sunshine whilst they were on. And yeah, to see the the the, the sheer delight and power of their of their ability to, to fill and excitement as well. You know, it, yeah. not kind of these opportunities don't come along for these youngsters very often. Um, so uh, yeah, was really really amazing to have earlier in the day. They were in the rain as well, uh, Chapter 6. Yes. Um, and actually the sun came out just as they were finishing, which was, to be fair, the kind of stuff that they were playing. I mean, I, I think they finished off with um, Sweet Caroline, yeah. which um, everybody was just doing the the chance that you get at the, at the football games. Exactly. And things, which was absolutely amazing. I had to get, I, I decided to make a recording of that um, and got in the middle of the crowd yeah. so that I could hear... The chance as well as the music. Oh, how brilliant. I was in the middle of the crowd at that point. I was running around being worried about thunderstorms approaching. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, again, again, another local band. They um, they did a lot of work of over uh, during lockdown um, with kind of like videos that they were recording independently yes, yes, and doing yes. montages of them and that kind of thing. So yeah, great group of local people. And the other the other uh, other big local one is uh, Mr. Paul Adams and his band of amazing local heroes. <laughs> Basically, Paul's a, a country singer, mm-hmm. usually sings by himself, but again, brought an ensemble of kind of like local musicians together to deliver a really high quality, super slick, country based act before, as, as our main support before the headline act, uh, which this year were um, Who's Got the Dog? 
Yes, indeed. Oh, I've interviewed before yes. uh, at a previous event, so I know what their sound is and everything else, which is very soulful, yeah. very horn-based. Exactly, um, big brass section, uh, double-fronted, so male and female lead vocalists, that pop, funk, jazz, um, really good vibe, dancing feet. Um, yeah, they, they played for us about four years ago in the middle of the afternoon and went down so well that we just had to bring them back yeah. um, to headline the show. Um, and again, they did. They, it was it was outstanding. It's just fun, vibey. Um, enjoy the beat and have a good old boogie. Um, and, and 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 yeah, get down with the grooves. It's definitely getting with the grooves kind of music. Um, I, I remember fun. speaking to them before and um, asking them where they got the name from. And it's basically in a band when you've got, got a lot of people together. There's always somebody who's got a bit of a not an attitude, but got a problem at that time. And it's like okay. Who's got the dog? It's all. <laughs> I never knew that. I never knew that. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> Who's got the dog today? That's love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know that about them. So. Learn something new every day. Every day's a school day. <laughs> what was the band that was um, kind of a scar? The riffs. That was the riffs. I thought it was. Yes. <laughs> They were great. Some of the covers that they were doing, I wouldn't expect a ska band to be doing. And you just cannot, I don't care what kind of ska band it is, you cannot not enjoy the music when I 100% agree. Ska is, <laughs> is one of those genres that at the event, I will always have a ska band every year, or I certainly try to. Because you literally can't help yourself but move to it yeah even if you say oh no i don't like that as a genre two tones not mine or you know it, whatever it's not that kind of thing you just do you move all generations all everybody just loves a bit of scar and when they pull out um uh, a wild wacky cover of some kind of like i don't know a blondie track or a, or, or or five or kylie minogue i can't even remember which ones the, the riffs did but when you do a, like a true pop song mm -hmm. and put it into Scar, the vibe is just so much fun. It's brilliant. I love, love, love a bit of Scar. For me, it's in the blood anyway, because my dad was a mod in the 60s. Oh, okay. So I grew up with the, the Equals and Prince Buster and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So I grew up listening to it. So for me, it's just yeah. second nature. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're all really, really good. As I say, it was a an amazing event under the circumstances. I, I know you probably can't say anything about it yet, but you, I, I know for a fact you've probably been looking for next year. We have indeed. We have indeed. <laughs> Obviously, it, the process starts really early, almost literally. In fact, I'd actually say process for 24 started even before we delivered 23. Um, it just, you just, you, you, you have ideas, you have collect thoughts and that kind of thing. It's under wraps at the moment, um, but we, we have a, a number of local bands that we will be approaching for a potential headline. Um, and uh, we open up to local musicians as well to let us know that they're, they're, they're playing and what material they've got and that kind of thing. I try and go to as much local music as I can, but I can't see everything every year. 
So we've had, um, I think we've had in the region about 40 applications for 2024 event already. Oh, wow. Um, so it's kind of like working the way through that. And it's not only finding the great musicians, it's a, it's a tough job to kind of pick 13 acts mm-hmm. that flow and balance across the day, that builds with the development and evolution of the, the audience that are at the event and, and that, that kind of time. Um, shuttling nine and a half hours of music, of live music, is, has its challenges. We can never please all of the people all of the time, but I do try, um, and we do try and kind of like mix the genres, mix the styles, mix the experience levels as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it has to be an exposure for, for newer and younger up-and-coming up and artists, as well as those that have had, um, you know, a, a prolific performers. So yeah, it's the schedule is on its way. It's on its way, <laughs> and I love that bit. I love I love researching all the bands and, and that kind of thing. It's yeah, it shows. It shows because I mean, in previous years, you've you've done um, sort of like Spotify playlists of yes. different artists and things and yeah. like that. I can imagine you listening to them whilst you're trying to find new bands. Well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, very very much so, very much so. So, um, so yeah, and then um, we're doing the we have a battle of the bands competition at the event as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, Losh is one, and they'll be performing on next year's. We're looking at developing that for 2024 as well, um, and that's an exciting project that we're doing alongside XYZ Music Academy that will hopefully evolve that even further. So there's a little bit of watch this space on the evolution of Battle of the Bands as well right. um, so yeah lots going on All, never I think we, when we evaluated the event this year it's a big document when we kind of like go through and evaluate it but I think we ended up with 12 pages of recommendations of things of, of little things that we will be tweaking um, just that we don't forget how to uh, by the time next year comes oh you can't remember to do that so, um, so yeah lots of things going on for next year so considering the problems we had this year what was the footfall like? So footfall was definitely lower. Mm-hmm. We were about 50% of, of, of last year of previous years. Um, so we were looking in the region of about 8,000 people across the course of the day. Still not bad, Still really considering. And, and that was what was amazing, mm-hmm. you know. And those people that were there were there for the whole day. They didn't let the weather stop them. Um, so we had a lot of the families that would normally come, didn't come. Because, you know, bringing children out. Because not only was it raining, it was really cold. Yeah. It was really cold and very, very wet. Um, in fact, I got so wet. I had a colleague went over to Tesco's. So other shops are available. <laughs> um, they went to a local supermarket and bought dry socks for us. Wow. And I was like, there's no point in me putting dry socks on because my, my shoes are sodden. So I put dry socks on. Then I then put carrier bags over my feet before I put them into my shoes to keep my feet dry because it was absolutely, it was really bad. So yeah, so, so we were definitely low on numbers, but then we had problems in the park the following day and luckily we didn't have any rain for that. The rain, it dried up and it warmed up as well. Um, so proms numbers were still in the same kind of region of about 6,000 people enjoyed the proms concert. So even though we had the lower numbers on Saturday at Life in the Park, mm. Still, the 8,000 that joined us was a phenomenal turnout. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it shows that people really do enjoy the the live local music and will come out irrespective. Um, So, yeah, very lucky. And to be fair, it didn't feel like the numbers were low. Yeah. Because the the energy that the crowd were giving back, it still had a lot of volume to it. Yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. So, um, so that's what... But that's what community events are about. It's... Digging deep and having fun. Yeah. We do it despite the weather. So, um, so no, it was a great day. 
Yeah, as it always reminds me of when I was at the Paralympic Games. Yeah, and they've got the big jumbotron thing on the on the side of the stadium, um, and it's it just said uh, weather conditions typically British. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> That's certainly how it felt that weekend. It was like yeah, but it was, but then we were also typically British that we weren't letting the weather stop us. So, um, so yeah, but it was cold. It was wet and it was grey and it was cold. But the atmosphere was hot and electric and filled with fun. So sure, ultimately, yeah. that's what we want. Excellent. Yeah. So following on from that, um, you've just had the uh, Christmas on the Cobbles, yes. which is the second year that you've been it running it. It is indeed. It, it is indeed. Um, I wasn't able to get over for that because yeah. I, I had other commitments, but I did follow some of it on social media. Yeah. How did it differ from last year? Again, it, different from last year. Obviously, last year was our first year, having taken it on from the, the Unitary Authority. So we had a lot of learnings from last year, which we then implemented again for this year. And unfortunately, we were plagued by the bad weather again. Uh, it was very cold, very damp during the daytime. So, so our Christmas on the Cobbles event, we do daytime activities from 1 through to 4.30 outside in Market Square. And we have... Uh, free fun fair rides in uh, Kingsbury and then there's lots of games crafts and activities in High Friar Square so there's multiple areas that you could kind of be in and, and when we did it last year we had a beautiful crisp bright day um, and we had lots of people outside but again this year the grain played us the grey clouds were with us um, but we still have the snowball arena mm-hmm. um, where imagine over a thousand white fluffy pom-pom snowballs um, <laughs> and the kids and the families run around um, having a snowball fight, which is just so much fun. But there was a little quieter outside than this year than it has been last year. But inside Fry Square, a hubbub and hive of activity with uh, lantern-making workshops ready for the parade in the evening. Um, there's face painting, there was Lego tables, there's games, crafts and activities we had. The Hindu Temple Trust doing henna tattoos. There was all sorts of make your own craft and decorations and, and all that kind of thing, all provided for free for the community. Uh, so a great way to start Christmas. Then we transition uh, between all the daytime activities and then it's the kind of like the big spectacular, which is our illuminated parade. Yeah. Luckily, the rain dried up by the time the illuminated parade uh, joined us. So. We start off with the drummers. Um, last year, um, Santa was in a, in a little tuk-tuk because it was in theme with our local pantomime, but we our people couldn't, unfortunately couldn't see Santa last year very well in his tuk-tuk. So we worked with a local organisation called Borg 4x4, uh, which are a local response, uh, emergency response team. Oh, right. They worked alongside Friar Square Shopping Centre and local builder, builders, merchants, lords who um, basically they made a phenomenal Santa's sleigh <laughs> that was uh, pulled along behind one of the Borg 4x4 vehicles. Uh, so Santa was on full display. We had, um, I think it was about 25 different professional illuminated entertainers. We were joined by some lovely local cosplayers, uh, Mark Humphreys, uh, which I, I know you know very well. Oh, no, and Pat Klein. And Pat, yeah. yeah. So, Mark, so we had Stormtroopers, we had Captain America. And also my friend, Gary, who was the Grinch. The Grinch, and we had a couple of Ghostbusters as well. Um, so, yeah, and, and the kids loved them. Um, they were all decorated up in lights and Ghostbusters with Santa's beards. They were fabulous. Uh, <laughs> the Grinch always, uh, always causing 
Grinchiness <laughs> around Christmas. Um, so yeah, it was a, a great, great day. Uh, lovely parade, and then we we finish it off in Market Square with a countdown to the lights. Uh, Bucks Radio, local uh, radio station, uh, host and compare the event for us. Yeah. Um, interviewing the kind of like different groups that are going on this week. The Wombles were with us, and local dance schools and that kind of thing. So um, so yeah, it was lots of fun. Whole crowd counts down to ten. From ten down to zero, big button gets pressed, lights go on, and then a phenomenal firework display uh, behind the courthouse. So, yeah, and all for free, and all for free for our community. So, um, so yeah, it was a good, good, good day. Again, hampered by the weather, but we don't let that dampen. No, it doesn't. If an event is good, people will keep on coming. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, we we certainly proved that this year. So next year, um, we've got a full lineup of. Yeah. Events. Yeah, yeah, full schedule. So I think we run one, at least one a month between April and all the way through to December. So, um, so yeah, big, big lineup for, for next year. So St George's Day, Soapbox Derby, Ellsbury on Sea, Live and Proms. There's a potential new and exciting addition to this year's Park Life Weekend, which is completely <laughs> secret. Um, but that's definitely a, a kind of like there's a new evolution for that, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And then obviously, you know, Christmas on the cobbles, Carol Fest, that's because we've got Carol Fest is coming Sunday. Uh, so community carols singing in uh, St. Mary's Church. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always great fun. So, yeah, full programme and lots of exciting opportunities. Excellent. Well, Ruth, it's always uh, a pleasure to be talking with you. Thank you, Mark. It really is. And um, I hope to be involved through the podcast next year because, well, now I'm in the area, I can We would get welcome you at each and every one of our events. It would be great to share everything that we're doing with your, with your listeners. So thank you for joining us and thank you for sharing the word about what we do here in Aylesbury. Yeah. Really appreciate it. And... Um, before I forget, Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so let's rewind back to Saturday the 26th of August for Live in the Park 2023. One of the main features of Live in the Park is the community involvement area. Every year, local charities and organisations set up booths and stalls to promote themselves during the day. And I thought it would be a nice touch to include a couple of these ventures on the podcast. After all, the Garbage Pod is the people's podcast. Firstly, I chatted with Richard Walker, founder of the Aylesbury Wombles, their Uncle Bulgaria, if you like, to tell us a little bit more about the charity. We founded in 2019, me and my daughter founded the group, and basically we're just a group of uh, volunteers that go out every single weekend around Aylesbury and uh, pick up litter and rubbish and and dispose of it, recycle what we can, and uh, that's what we do. So, how many volunteers do you have? (laughs) Loads. (laughs) I don't really keep numbers, I'm not the most organised of person so uh i think we've had we've probably had out over 500 different people over the course of the four and a half years we've been going uh, but regularly we get uh on a little pick at a weekend we get anywhere between 20 and 40 people turning up and we meet every saturday and sunday mornings and i mean i've, I've seen on online the amount of stuff that you you collect i mean on an average day how many bags do you get <sighs> I don't know, it depends what area of Aylesbury we go. We avoid the town centre because they've got their own um, litter-picking team, council litter-picking team. So we do around the sort of housing estates, around the outskirts outside of Aylesbury. Um, we can get anywhere between 20 and 60, 70 bags, easy, in a couple of hours with, like, 30 people. You know, <laughs> it's hard to explain, but, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what yeah. we do. We've collected over uh, 18,500 bags since we've been going, which is about 100 and... 
150 tonnes, something like that, of rubbish. Yeah, which is a lot. That's not including the bulky stuff. That's just what goes into a bag. Wow. Do you, do you collect stuff from people if they've got bulky things? Or? No, no, no. We're not that kind of group. No, you need to get a specialist person with a waste carrying licence and never pay anybody cash. Always pay them with a card. Never pay anybody with cash. So you've got, got traceability of where your rubbish goes. No, we don't, we don't offer that service. We do collect... Um, if people collect aluminium cans, we do pick those up because we... We um, get money for those and it goes back into the group because we're a registered charity. So it goes back into the group and then that pays for you know the upkeep of the group, the T-shirts, high-vis jackets, uh, litter pickers, poops. We've got a fully uh, 100% electric van, so that has to be kept on the road. you know. So that's what that kind of stuff goes towards. Awesome. So what would you say is the most unusual thing you found? Is this a family podcast? <laughs> well, I can do two versions. <laughs> Um, we found toys for uh, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Um, we do Womble workshops, what we call Womble workshops with kids, um, where we go to schools and, and um, scout groups and that. And we always get asked what's the most unusual thing. And I always throw it back because you can't talk about those kind Certain of toys. Things, yeah. so, uh, so I throw it back at them and say, literally, we found everything. And then they start firing stuff at me. And, and I haven't come across anything yet that we haven't found the only thing we haven't found is a dead body that's the only thing we haven't found yeah. hopefully you won't <laughs> hopefully find. we'll never find one of those <laughs> and and do you often find things that are perfectly okay yes with, yeah, yeah 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 and what we do with that stuff is that we um we we got a fellow we call him odd job womble um andy who fixes stuff up and then we got another lady who we call del boy um Delboy womble she basically sells it so if it's any good she'll put it online uh, on facebook marketplace ebay uh, and sell it and then that money then goes back into the group for uh, you know to pay for stuff so it's just good awesome so if anybody wanted to to get older the Ashby wombles how can they find you uh find us on facebook twitter instagram or whatever twitter's called now uh website we've got a website as well www.ellsburywombles.co.uk uh send us a message and we'll do our best to answer any questions or anything and uh, 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 and on there as well will be uh, where our events are anybody can turn up any age um everybody's welcome even if you can spare half an hour every little helps awesome well richard thanks for talking with us no worries thank you very much then I spoke with someone who's involved with an organisation that will be more aimed towards our TGP nominal listeners, Code Ninjas. And here's Robin Theakston to tell us more about it. So we are a coding um, and STEM club for kids. Uh, so our main aim is to introduce kids to the world of technology um, and build up their coding skills with a uh, curriculum program that operates uh, year-round. So the kids that we have on our programs uh, start off with block-based coding and then we move them into um, text-based coding. But at the same time, they're doing like robotics projects um, and things like that. Um, and yeah, who knows what jobs are going to look like in the future, but we're pretty certain that tech is going to be a, a big part of it and these skills are going to be really important for kids in the future. So whereabouts are you based? We operate from um, Bucks New Uni campus, uh, so we've got a really nice space. Um, it's just next to the theatre, so it's the big white building next to the theatre. We operate free taster sessions where kids can come in, um, and we're also doing some uh, back-to-school events. It's a big time for kids looking at sort of new things to get involved with for the new school year. Um, and why not make coding part of that mix? This is great because 
I remember a few years back when um, Tim Peake was on the space station. He was doing some coding exercises that kids could get involved in there, and I think that sparked um, a next generation of, of kids to get involved. And organisations like yourself is only going to help with that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, priority for us is the kids have fun, right? Like the, the age for the, the curriculum, the main curriculum we run is sort of 7 to 14 year olds. We also run a junior program for 5 and 6 year olds. But no matter what the age, whether they're 5 or 14, the kids learn best by having fun and by doing sort of hands-on activity. And um, we actually, our staff are um, pretty young themselves. <laughs> like we have senseis, they're our instructors um, who help support the kids um, on the program, um, teaching them these skills. And they're a great motivation for these kids. And um, you know, if the kids aren't having fun, they're not going to be learning. And that's one of our main aims. I think one of the best ways of, of teaching kids is if they don't realise they're actually learning, they're having fun, they, uh, they take it in a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. It's also important to say that coding itself um, is pretty tough, actually. Like the, the curriculum does get challenging in parts, and resilience is something, it's one of the big skills that coding teaches. I think I'm probably a bit biased, but I think it teaches better than anything else. Um, in that when kids hit that wall when they get frustrated um, you know how are they going to overcome that and in our environment you know we've got a nice environment at the Buxton Uni campus great support from the instructors we have many sort of different tools at our disposal to help get those kids through um, that tough period when there might be a project they don't quite understand and that's what it's all about is um, building their resilience making sure they're having fun and um, building these skills little and often over a period of time on the on the program so how is it funded it's a private business so we we operate from Buxton Uni campus, but we are not like affiliated with Buxton Uni. It's actually an American business, so there is a, an education team based in the US. Um, we're proud to have just launched, uh, well, I say just launched, it was the beginning of May, um, a brand new curriculum um, which has been constructed with Microsoft um, in the US. And yeah, as I said earlier, I mean, it's building kids' skills from block-based coding um, all the way up to text-based coding. And latterly, they're in uh, Unity, if you're familiar with sort of coding platforms, but that's like a professional game development platform. Yeah. But, you know, first things first is we've got to spark that curiosity in coding, getting kids involved in the tech. Um, and then from there, building their independence and their ability to do this stuff themselves. But we're there to support them um, on the program. Excellent. And have you seen any of your kids sort of moving on? Yeah, I mean, I think in America they have. It's it's a bit early in the UK because Code Ninjas is, is a relatively new concept in the UK. In Aylesbury, we've been open uh, just over a year, um, so it's probably a bit early for us to see that. But yeah, definitely in the US. I mean, there's some wonderful stories of um, kids on the program. Uh, there's a website where you can view some of their black belt projects. Uh, so the way that the program is structured it incentivizes kids to move up through the coloured belts, like a sort of martial arts program. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, some of the black belts projects are amazing and. Uh, you know, kids have gone into all sorts of different uh, roles, not necessarily games design, but so many roles now require some degree of uh, coding skills, no matter kind of what you're doing. So, yeah. Because I know NASA have these uh, competitions where different groups get together and compete on different uh, campaigns and things, um, and there's kind of like trophies to be given away and things. I can see that happening with this as well. So there's projects that they can work on and um, the different projects compete with each other. Yeah, and yes, I, I agree. And I think um, one of the 
one of the things that's important with the program, or another thing that's important with the program, is that kids can share what they've done. Um, so that ability to be able to show off, maybe to the senseis, the instructors, but also to the parents. And we always sort of say the more the parents can get involved, the better it is for the kid. It's a bit like school in that respect. Yeah. Um, although we absolutely don't want to be like a school. Like no. the, Our intention is the you know, kids come to us after school, they don't want to feel like they're going back to school. Um, but that involvement of the parents uh, is, is really key because the kids want to feel proud of what they've made. And coding is so creative as well. Like it's a, it's a fallacy to say it's... Um, it's just all about the kind of text-based stuff or doing the lines of code and it's, there's a very creative side to coding you know we get kids building the sprites you know the graphics within the game and, yeah. and things like that um, and being able to show that off is really uh, it's cool like you can see the, the, the enthusiasm and, and the excitement and the pride that the kids have when they've created something that's their very own because I remember a few years back on the uh, the Christmas lectures um, there was one all about electronics and they got some kids together and they actually created, using sprites, um, they created a video game using the electric lights that were in the windows of a tower block. Oh cool, okay. So that was a huge Well version. like a Tetris style thing. Yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Thing. And they turned the whole building into a video game which was absolutely amazing. Yeah, now, there's something to be said for the really old style, like pixelated games basically like from certainly my era when I was growing up um, and then the platform that we use within Code Ninjas is a Microsoft Make Code platform so that's the platform that the curriculum is constructed in and it is um, it is a sort of heart back to that era of the the 80s early 90s of the pixelated games you know the graphics that the kids are designing are in that pixelated format and yeah. super cool um, and it yeah grows from there really because I remember building games like that myself um, pixel, pixel rated games using the old basic system. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, what was your earliest computer there? I, I, I remember, I think, Commodore 16 we had. The Commodore uh, 16 was a great computer. Yeah. Very limited uh, to what you could get for it, though, yeah. unlike the 64. Very long uh, load time for the games, I remember. Yeah, the, exactly. the, the little cassette deck that went round and round and round. Well, my, my friend in the States finds it a very strange concept that the, the British version of all those systems were tape-based. Right. Because in America, they're all disc-based. They're all disc, yeah. But so, just load it up a lot quicker. Uh, was that the really big... That wasn't the three-and-a-half-inch that bit then, was it? Uh, it was really three-and-a-half-inch. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and believe it or not, you could get a three-and-a-half-inch floppy for the Spectrum. Okay. <laughs> but that, that was my first school, the, the 48K Spectrum. Um, and you're coding up in that, yeah. From that, going up to the Commodore Amiga, uh, then they went on to the Archimedes. Okay. And um, and that's when PC started coming into their own, really, after that. Right. So, yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, computers have always been part of my life. Yeah, if, yeah. if not computers, consoles. <laughs> I mean, I started my gaming on the the Atari 2600 system, the old crash and cartridge okay. system. Um, and it's always been part of what I do. Um, what about like robotics and things like that? Have you got into that side of uh, things? Or it, I, more I did when, and... I, when I was at college, I, I did a lot of robotics and things like that, but yeah. I never... It never took me anywhere because my 
I started getting into broadcasting more then, so because I've, I've worked at radio stations and, and, and different things. And yeah. Decided to go into uh, in, into podcasting. Okay. So yeah, that's cool. So, well, Robin, it's been fantastic talking no, with you. No, well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And, uh, yeah, we, we've just been rained on here in uh, as we've been. It's, it's looking a little bit brighter now. We're keeping our fingers crossed. Fortunately, our, our robot here hasn't uh, hasn't suffered, I don't think. It's not got too wet. Anyway. It's a fantastic <laughs> piece of kit, to be fair. I mean, um, that's another thing that's been a, a big part of what I do is uh, through my life. Is Lego has always been a big part, especially level Lego Technic. Yes. Um, I think I have one of the original sets. And uh, that, that has evolved so much over the years, and just seeing what what you can do with it. I mean, this is on a very small scale, but yeah. it is it's quite amazing uh, what the what your little robot can yeah. do. We've got yeah, we've got a just we've got a Rubik's cubes over here. So it's um it's actually it's a Lego Spike Prime kit, and. Um, so the, yeah, the code's in the CPU on the on the unit itself, and it's got light sensors. It reads the Rubik's cube and then applies the algorithm to, to solve it um, in about 42 moves. But it's uh, sometimes more, sometimes less. That's impressive. Um, but yeah, it's uh, visually it's it's pretty cool, isn't it? It's quite fun to watch. That's awesome. It's getting some running repairs at the moment. <laughs> If you want to see a video of the Lego Rubik's Cube solving robot, check out the show notes for this episode. Crichton, what's in this box? It looks like a small red dwarf garbage pod, sir. What, a full one? No, sir. We stopped using the small ones a long time ago. Well, let's open it then. Oh, God, that stinks. I thought you said it was empty. Sorry about that, sir. Sometimes the little suckers get away. That's disgusting. Oh, no. It won't close. There's a message, sir. Say, Merry Christmas Garbage Pod to close. Ah, Crichton, you know I hate Christmas. It's the only way, sir. Well, I'm not going to do it. That stench... Come on, sir. You can do it. Just a little one. Uh, yeah. Okay, anything just to get it closed. Merry Christmas garbage pod. Look, sir, it's working. There now, sir. That wasn't so bad, was it? Merry Christmas garbage pod. Bye-bye, little fella. So now let's move on to the main event, as our compere, Des K, introduces us to Live in the Park 2023. Welcome to Park Life Weekend and Live in the Park 2023. I'm Des K from Stoke Mandeville uh, Hospital Radio. I'll be here throughout the day to uh, introduce a lot of uh, fantastic bands and artists that we've got on these two stages. As you can see to my my right-hand side, 
Kindly sponsored by Bucks Radio, the second stage uh, we have for you. Going to say hi to uh, FBL Broadcasting as well, who are with us today. If you go on to YouTube and look up FBL Broadcasting, there is a live link on their channel. And uh, if you have to go and leave early, which... We obviously hope you do not do. Uh, you can watch us from the comfort of your armchair at home, courtesy of Martin and FBL Broadcasting. That's what all these cameras are that are rigged up uh, right the way throughout the park. Well, that's enough for me for a while. I can hear you say thank goodness for that. We're all ready to go with our first live music act of the afternoon at uh, Live in the Park 2023. On to the Bucks Radio sponsored second stage we go. Please give a very warm Aylesbury welcome to JP and Betty. Josh, it's all yours. All the bands and artists from Live in the Park allowed us to play excerpts from their sets, which the audio was taken from the live stream of the event. So please forgive any distortion or background hum during the show. As Des mentioned there, the first act of the day was JP and Betty, and I caught up with them after their set. So I'm back at Live in the Park 2023, and I'm with JP and Betty. Betty, indeed, yeah. So tell us about yourself. <laughs> uh, I don't know where to start, man. Uh, what, in terms of music? Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, wherever you want to start. Well, let me see, bro. I started playing because when I grew up in Aylesbury, it was early 2000s, and there was an amazing music scene. So there was just, you know, a lot of punk bands, ska bands, you know, metal bands, just all kinds of cool stuff that I was into. And it was just a huge thing. And so everyone kind of played, right? And so I picked up a guitar and played a few tunes, learned a few reggae tunes, and I never really took it seriously. And I don't know, like, uh, I just enjoyed it too much. <laughs> so I just kept going, I kept going. And I felt like I kind of hit a point where I just, I knew where I was at, and I just started writing and and it kind of went from there I used to just start writing songs to make my friends laugh basically so I started just doing silly stuff you know um, and I kind of yeah I wanted to just kind of push it to the next next place and um, and that was it really I don't know what else to say man um, so yeah Betty the old girl I mean she's the talent really if I'm honest she probably costs more than I do uh, and I'm just here I'm just the eye candy you know so you mentioned about Betty. I did. Now, it could confuse a simple folk <laughs> because Betty is, well, she's a living thing. Yes, um, to me, at least. But she's your guitar. She is indeed, yeah. Um, and there's a, I had a habit of nicknaming things Betty. I just think it's a lovely, it's like a classy, old-timey, pretty girl name like it's like a 1940s thing I, don't, I love all that stuff so I don't know I kind of had a habit of Nick just going oh hey Betty well, how's it going I don't know because she was my girl you know and um, yeah the whole thing came about because I was trying to make a SoundCloud page and my name was taken <laughs> I was like well screw it um, what can I do so I went with the, my initials and the old girl JP and Betty and the way I see it I never considered myself a very talented guitarist or even the best singer in town which I think is probably good for my ego. Um, but I love performing and I kind of see it as like we're on equal terms. You know, she does as much of the work as I do and I just, yeah, I'm just there to have fun, really. I don't know. <laughs> you mentioned uh, about making music that yeah. made your, your friends laugh and that yeah. kind of thing. So, I mean, uh, 
parodies ever come to you? Or? That's actually <laughs> originally how I got started. I think, I want to say that the first song I ever actually wrote was um, a parody song about opening a gym and it was called uh, We're Training Men to the tune of you can probably imagine and it was awful because I was 12 but the, the, the feeling was there you know I kind of always wanted to perform I guess I never wanted to be a guitarist or a singer or anything like that and uh, many would argue I'm probably still not but like um, I think it's, you just, if you have something in you you just want to get it out um, in any capacity and I love drawing and painting and, and uh, you know writing and just all kinds of stuff any sort of outlet like that so but nothing comes close to performing really for me. Musically, who would you say is an inspiration? Oh man, okay. Uh, well I first started learning because of Sublime, my favourite band at the time, probably still now. And I loved Sublime and I loved Tenacious D. Like their, their album had just come out, I was 15 years old. Wow. And it was it was life-changing, truly. Like it made me wanna because you could see these couple of guys that were just kinda crazy, kinda silly with an acoustic guitar and just writing stuff that they wanted to do. They weren't worried about, and, and they believed in, in themselves 100%, right? Yeah. I mean, you know that, you see how they do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. They come out there, we're the greatest band in the world. And I'm like, I love that energy. Uh, and I wanted to, because I was never particularly confident, especially not with my music. And so I just, I loved that. It was inspirational to, to me, that sort of thing. And so I just, I started off learning Sublime and Tenacious D covers, kind of went from there, started writing songs. Um, I used to play World of Warcraft. Yikes! Uh, with my pals, no <laughs> I'm clean now. Um, but I, I wrote songs about my World of Warcraft characters and the things we got up to for my friends. So that it ended, and that was kind of how it, you know got started. And so yeah, inspiration comes from everywhere, I guess. It, it's in terms of musicality, it's like there are certain bands that I like, but in terms of the songs I write, it's all personal stuff. It's yeah. things that happen. It's like relationships or. or friends or situations or places you've been or feelings you've had or you know if you've been in bad times good times anything it's I think music's deeply personal anyway and I'm not much of an activist I just I just know how I feel so that's mm -hmm. how just I, how express I, how you feel yeah exactly that's how yeah. I do it I think it's useful we're all, we're all on this planet just trying to connect with each other right yeah uh, especially these days you feel so disconnected so yeah that's why I love performance that's, that's the point now there's one thing I always ask I do this because I've been doing this gig since 2018 okay and I asked this question of everybody <laughs> and it's a bit like um, a desert island discs type oh thing. cool okay so you're on an island I'm there yes you've got one album oh dude what would it be no <laughs> <laughs> oh my god bro <laughs> that's so hard because there's a lot of criteria you want to think about oh now. yeah um, Longevity is, is, is one of... Yeah, exactly. And then also just like good value for money. Maybe like a double album or, yeah. a, or a, you know, like a, a compilation. I don't know. Um, let me think. Can I, I let, me, let me chew that one over. Because uh, the stuff I listen to now is very different. I mean, how we all consume music now is different, right? I'm yeah. usually listening to stuff on Spotify. I get recommended songs. I make playlists like everybody else. And the kind of sitting and listening to the album thing kind of falls by the wayside sometimes. So... Mm -hmm. It can be difficult. And the bands I like now, I listen to a lot of fucking, listen to a lot of progressive rock, and uh, so like Rush is one of my favourite bands. Oh wow! Yeah, dude. And so like I would say maybe Fly by Night by Rush, 
because it's not even the sort of thing I play, but it's such a fantastic album. I love everything about it. It's so their music, and I think the genre in general is so evocative that it transports you. And if you're, if you're marooned on a desert island, maybe that's what you need, something like that. So I'd say a tentative yes to Fly By Night by Rush. Awesome. So, if people want to get hold of you, yes. how can they do that? Oh man, um, I probably shouldn't give my mobile number out. No, that's not a good one. <laughs> no. Um, well, I have a SoundCloud page, it's soundcloud.com forward slash JP and Betty. I believe that's all just words, there's no ampersand in there. I just wanted to say the word ampersand. <laughs> uh, JP, yeah, forward slash JP and Betty. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much it, dude. Like, I don't have Facebook, I don't really do the socials or anything like that. I'm pretty old school. Um, I mean, you can email me. If anyone's interested, then, uh, yeah, but I'll give that to you. Okay. And you can pass that one out. We'll no see about worries. that. You never no know. Worries. Um, but yeah, well, I'd, be, I'd love it, you know. I'm always, looking for, I'm always looking for gigs. I love what I do. It's fun as hell. It's the most fun I think you can ever have. And it's a great way to connect with people. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking with us. Thank you, brother. No worries. Yeah, man. You might remember earlier, Ruth Mayhew mentioned JP and Betty's version of Bare Necessities. Well, here it is for your listening pleasure. Thank you. You've been very kind. <laughs> I'm still JP and this is still Betty. And we're buzzing to be here. This is crazy. I've been trying to do this for like 10 years. And it's real now. You got one more song out of me. And I'll come and join you lot. Um, this is an oldie, it's an old number, that's what you say, isn't it? It's an old, old classic number from the 60s by Rudyard Kipling. I think, you know, he was the guy that made the cakes. No, I can't remember. Anyway, this song is by Walt Disney and it's called uh, Bare Necessities. Thank you very much. And this is for Ruth, wherever she may be. <laughs> Needs a capo on it, doesn't it? Thank you. <laughs> Look for those bare necessities, those simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I'm in those bare necessities, are Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities to life. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I could be fonder of my big home. Bees are buzzing in the trees and making honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and plants and take a glance at the fancy aunts, and maybe try a few, the necessities of life will come to you. They'll come to you for those. Bare necessities, simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean those bare necessities, all Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities to life. If you pick a poor paw or a prickly pear, and then you pick a raw paw, well next time beware. Don't pick the prickly pear by paw When you pick a pear, try to use the claw But you don't need to use the claw If you pick a pear from the big paw paw, baby Have I given you a clue? The bare necessities of life will come to you They'll come to you ah!
probably going to get paid for this. <laughs> So I'm back at Live in the Park 2023 and I'm talking to Kevin and Mike from Chapter 6. How are you doing? Good, good, good yeah. yeah. we just come off. It's great. Fantastic, man. Good day. So, uh, as I was going to say, it was a great set. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I mean, I've been listening to a little bit of your music beforehand, so I've got an idea of what you do. Yeah. I'm loving you, the fact that you do level 42. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of bands stay away from that, but it's, it's a fun one to do. It's a challenge for our bass player. A <laughs> uh, bit of slap bass is always yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> so, how would you describe your sound? Well, that's an interesting one. I think, really, we try and actually perform the songs the way that people expect to hear them. So, we don't tend to do our own sort of versions of the songs. We tend to play them as the original. Um, and that's, really, that's what, what we like to do, and everyone expects to hear that. Yeah, yeah, it's a mix of songs from the 50s right through to the present day. So, we're covering kind of different uh, decades, different genres of music. Um, and it's uh, a lot of cover bands will stick to a particular artist or a particular style, or they might stick to a, a certain decade like the 80s. And stuff. So we're, we're trying to cover a very broad spectrum of songs, uh, which is uh, it's good, and I think that makes us a little bit different to other bands. We've also got two singers with Kevin and another girl singer Mal, so we're able to do uh, uh, girl and boy songs. Um, so which again makes us slightly different. There's a few other bands have that kind of format, but we um, um, we, we we really enjoy do, doing what we do. And I think I think hopefully some of the the energy and the fun that we we bring to the songs, hopefully some of that comes across as well. That's what it's all about, really enjoying ourselves and getting a party atmosphere and and yeah. really sort of you know, putting it out there and getting people up dancing and enjoying themselves. I mean, considering the fact that when you were on stage, the weather <laughs> was atrocious. It yeah. was. The energy on out there for the, the people listening was still fantastic. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what we try, thanks, and, try yeah. and achieve. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. It's, I mean, it's luck of the draw, really, with, with the way the weather goes. But uh, Sun's shining now. Yeah, the, the nice thing, an event like this, I mean, an event like this is uh, it's, it's fantastic for Elsbeeners, and huge uh, congratulations to Elsby Town Council and the events team there for putting something like this on because it's a really it's a phenomenal thing to do. A lot of uh, time and yeah. effort goes into the organisation with all this. And a big thank you to Ruth Mayhew because she actually remembered that we did a lockdown video of Take It Easy by the Eagles, um, and had we not done that video, then we probably wouldn't have played today because <laughs> she remembered that we'd done it and she enjoyed hearing it. Yeah. So thank you very much to Ruth it's also, it's also for, a, for booking a, us and making sure we were out there. Yeah, yeah. and I, I will say a nice. big tribute to the good people of Aylesby for coming out. Even if it's raining and despite the dodgy weather, uh, they came out and, and, and supported the event. So yeah, yeah it's And a obviously the sound crew, because they had a lot of problems yeah. this morning with Absolutely. the rain. I mean, everybody being behind trouble. the scenes. Yeah. An event like this does so. not go on um, overnight. It, it takes yeah. a lot of organisation to put something like this on. And, all yeah. the and it's a great stage. Scenes. 
isn't it's it? a fantastic it's a great stage. stage yeah. You know, when you're when you're exactly. a kid, a small child, you 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 play guitar uh, or drums or bass or you know, keyboards. You you know you learn these kind of instruments to play gigs like this and to play and play at stages like that and places like that. You know, this is what you kind of uh, you know you grew up it's dreaming. Want, isn't it? yeah. yeah. So it's it's like you know this is the Madison Square Gardens for us. <laughs> it is indeed. Yeah. A fantastic place to yeah. play. But yeah, we yeah, love it. Great. A lot of fun. Despite the weather, it was still great. So, so why chapter six? Uh, it, was, it was basically a new chapter for a band. We were in another band previously that came to an end, um, and five of us actually decided to get a new, get a new bass player and start again. Um, there were six of us, so it's a new chapter, and there were six, six of us, yeah. so chapter six it's was born. Something that would be familiar to everyone who's read a book. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was always, when you were talking now, I almost expected it to be like the... Um, how WD-40 came about because it was like the 40th attempt to get it right. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I was a simpler than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, who would you say inspires you musically? To, to, well, I was kind of always inspired by the likes of Springsteen and Meatloaf, so I don't know, that doesn't necessarily come through in all our songs, but... Uh, I think, yeah, when, when yeah. you're playing... Um, when you're playing live, you're not competing with kind of other local bands. You're competing against David Bowie and Queen and you know, all, the, all the great bands that have ever been. I mean, that's you know, where you draw your inspiration from the energy that those kind of people generated on stage. Uh, and, you know, and that's and the, how the audience responded to people like that. That's, that's really where you get your... You know, you, you, when you go on stage, you want to be in that kind of league. And that, that kind of, we're not saying we are, but, but, but that's the aspiration is to be, you know, have that kind of impact that people like that had. So is this the, the normal kind of venue you actually do, or you normally um, do? This, we play most of our uh, most of our gigs are in pubs and clubs, uh, and that's what we do mainly. We when do we get the opportunity stuff, to yeah. play a festival or parties, we do parties, the occasional wedding. Yeah. So when we get any opportunity to do something like this, we're obviously very interested yeah, yeah. because it's festivals. Are, it's, it's really where the fun is because it's uh, they're just a great experience. To play the bigger the crowd, the better, yeah. you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's more to feed off and more to more to enjoy. And to be fair, the crowd that's actually here today is quite a big crowd considering it is how the weather's been. I it mean, is, yeah. last year they had over the the two because there's the prom thing tomorrow as well. Over the two days, they on and off had around about twenty thousand people. Right. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine now that it's holding off a bit, we're probably yeah. going to get around about twelve thousand people here. Yeah, today. yeah. it's fantastic. And the feel is just uh, the, the reason why I I keep coming back and helping them out is because the feeling of the of the, the event is, yeah. is, is magical yeah, it, yeah. I think has a very good reputation for live music it's, it's very, there's a lot of live music in and around the town and um, you know it's it, a good history of uh, David Bowie and a lot of people oh, feel yeah. a connection with, mm. with the town that's um, yeah I think people it's nice that people come out and support live music I mean even if you come along come and see a band in the local pub just going out and supporting live music is just fantastic that's it I mean, I'm, I'm very proud of Aylesbury yeah. because of the history that it's got with Absolutely the music fries. industry. Yeah. The, the yeah. amount of bands, it's, it's a case of who didn't play exactly, in Aylesbury. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, yeah, obviously there's there's a music loving public out there that, you know, they want to hear that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, it's an event like this uh, goes to some way to, to uh, giving people what they want. But so well done to the council again to, for putting something like this on because it's just been a fantastic experience. So, I do this to every band and artist that I've interviewed at these events and it's a bit like a desert island disc type thing so you are on a desert island and you've got one album what would that be? 
Well, go on, Mike. The first album I ever bought was Hunky Dory by David Bowie, so wow. it, it'd still be that. It's, uh, you know, even now, you know, I listen, you put that on and you, you kind of listen to it all the way through, but start on side one, track one, and just listen to the whole thing all the way through, and it's there's still, the, you know, the hairs on the back of my neck still go up when you listen to it. Fantastic album. album. Yeah, well, I'm going to choose Born in the USA, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, not, it's not quite, <laughs> well, not quite a topical Obama Springsteen man, so yeah. yeah. He was born in the Absolutely. USA, seeing him in 1984 at Wembley, and that was what inspired me to want to be on stage and, and do what I do. So, yeah, definitely. What about you, Mark? What would you choose? Uh, songs in the Key of Life, oh, Stevie Wonder. Nice. Nice. Oh, it's a yeah. fantastic album, our every key, single one. Our keyboard player really loves Stevie Wonder. Yeah, so. she, but she, she'd agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then, I mean, because I'm a big Prince fan as well, so... Uh, yeah. Um, probably around the world in the day, in the day is, is a great album of mm. understated album yeah. of his. He's um, a very understated, and what a guitar player he is. Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, to be fair, he can play, or could play pretty much yeah. most instruments. Oh, he could, yeah, and did. Yeah, yeah but his <laughs> yeah. guitar playing is awesome. So uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah. Um, yeah, phenomenal performer, much missed. Yeah. Managed to, to get to see him live uh, when he was at, uh, doing his residential at the O2. Oh yes, yeah. So and I actually got into the the little gigs, the one of the more private gigs that he did at the Indigo. So there was only wow. 400 people in that set. So it was that special. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So that's very special. Yeah. So that meant quite a lot to me. Yes. So I can see why. Yeah. So, how can people get hold of you? Ah, well, they can uh, well, use well, the usual Facebook, social yeah, media. Um, Facebook's yeah. Chapter Six Covers Band. Um, uh, well, Instagram also Chapter Six Covers Band. Uh, we have a website, which again is uh, that one's just Chapter Six Band dot net. Um, Lemon Rock. Lemon Rock. Lemon Rock is a good source, source for, for uh, finding where um, we're playing. Yep. Yeah. For the list, listing the gigs, uh, so lemonrock.com. If you search for Chapter Six on there, you'll see us and all the gigs that we're playing are all listed on there. So yeah, that's that's as good a place as any. Yeah, awesome. Well, guys, thanks for talking with us. Thanks very much. Thanks very Lovely much, Mark. To meet you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Take care. Cheers. During the chat with Ruth Mayhew, I played in a clip from Chapter Six's version of Sweet Caroline with a bit of audience participation. But one of the highlights of their set was a cover of a track made famous by an artist associated with Aylesbury. We're going to do a song by David Bowie. If you get a chance, check out the statue in Market Square at some point. It's called The Earthly Messenger. Children use it, and all the children will get. 
a star waiting in the sky He likes to come and meet us But he thinks he'll blow our minds There's a star waiting in the sky He told us not to blow it Cause he knows it's all our fun He told me Let the children use it Let the children lose it And all the children boogie Star Thank you. You can see photos of the Earthly Messenger statue, plus a link to the live webcam feed in the show notes. The next band I chatted with was Crimson 97. Now, before we go any further, please excuse the sound quality of the next recording. There was a horrendous downpour just as we were starting to chat, and we had to run for cover to one of the backstage tents. So as you can probably guess, heavy rain when you're under canvas is not the best condition for an interview. So I'm back at Live in the Park 2023 and I'm with Crimson97. So four members of the band, we've got Maya, we've got Jacob, Luke, Luke and Charlie. Yay. <laughs> so guys, how long have you been together? Two years now. Excellent. And how would you describe your sound? Because I, I got a little bit of the 
sort of the, the grunge sound from the early yeah, 90s. Yeah. Definitely yeah. in there. Excellent set, by the way. Thank, Thank you. you so much. So, how, how did you get together? We got put together, so we all um, used to. We used to have music lessons uh, over XYZ and Seb, who uh, is a guitar teacher out there, yeah. lovely, great friend, um, sort of friend us all up one day and was like, I'm putting a band together, um, do you want to be in it? And we were like, yeah. And then we, we stayed together for two years, so yeah. I think it went pretty well. So, how long have you been performing? Our first performance was December 2021, wasn't it? In general. In general, yeah. Uh, I think I, uh, the first song I learned, I was like five, four or five. Really? Yeah. I don't know, when I played my first, I do quite a lot of other stuff at school and stuff, like in musicals and things like that. I don't know where my first show was. No, I, uh, I, don't, I didn't actually used to play the guitar, also. I just used to play piano, and I started that when I was about six, and then gave up for the years and learned it again, and then just carried on from there. So you've always been musical? Yeah. Yeah. I think I was the latest. I started playing when I was like 11. I think I was 10 or 11, to be honest. Oh, okay. And have your, your, your parents in, uh, ever involved in music at all? Or? My, my, dad, um, my dad used to play piano, we used to go have lessons yeah. together, and um, my sisters are quite musical But it's not my mum, so I don't know how that happened, but yeah. yeah. My dad introduced me to the kind of music that made me want to get into music. Right. So uh, I think it was pretty much all my dad. I think my, I think my mum used to play violin or something, but it's a bit different to the drums. But yeah, my dad used to be a drummer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more of a lyricist myself, but yeah, there you go. So, who are your influences musically? I'd say personally, mine are. Um, I definitely go with Lana Del Rey and Summertime Sadness. More like not even. Um, like composition-wise, like lyrics-wise, I think she's a great lyricist, and so like I sort of like to derive my lyrics from her. But Charlie and I also do. Charlie does a lot of writing as well, so I think our taste like the lyrics from her Um, yeah, personally, my I think my biggest influence is my guitar teacher. You know, Seb. I taught me everything. Yeah. Yeah, and. Probably Cliff Burton, but I'm not as good. A, a wide range, I listen to anything really. Um, John Mayer, Bring Me the Horizon, two completely different ends of the spectrum. Uh, Don Broco, Royal Blood, anyone, to be honest, anyone I've been like. Was there any sort of drummers that. Uh, uh, there's a couple of drummers, Matt Gasker, Luke Holland, um, Benny Greb, he's incredible. Um, Quite a lot of people, but can't think of them right now. But yeah, 
I'm the same as Luke. I listen to a varied mix of stuff, but at heart, I'm a bit of an old man. I like my Led Zeppelin, ACDC, old stuff. Like proper John Mayer as well, big John Mayer influence. Yeah, Food Fighters. Oh yeah, Food Fighters. Nothing but things. Nothing but things. So, so many artists I can name. Yeah. yeah. That I'll take influence from, but yeah. Awesome. Very classic rock kind of vibe. So, I don't know if the other guys mentioned it to you, Mayor, but I asked a kind of a question earlier. Um, we didn't. Kind of, <laughs> didn't think it was. Okay. So these guys have had a chance to think about it. <laughs> but <laughs> it's the... Um, Imagine you're on a desert island and you've got one album. What would it be? I would definitely, I think it'd be Ultraviolence by Lana Del Rey. I think it would really fit the awful mood of being alone and deserted on the island. <laughs> so yeah, I'd definitely have to go with, definitely have to go with that one, Ultraviolence. So you've had a chance to think about it now. Yeah, I still can only boil it down for three. Okay. Right. It was too earlier. Well, yeah, and then I decided to add another one. <laughs> um, Continuum, John Mayer, Highway to Hell, ACDC, and Broken Machine by Nothing But Thieves. Okay, all three of them great contenders. To be honest, I don't really know. I'm sort of the same sort of Continuum, possibly, but I don't really know. There's okay. some Nothing But Thieves stuff, but I, I can't choose. It's it is really very difficult. difficult. Yeah. For me, I've got a very clear favourite album. It's a hard choice, but I'd go with Pain Remains by Lorna Shaw. This is just amazing. I'm very much the outlier, though. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay, so how can people get hold of you? Well, we have an Instagram. It is, what is it, underscore crimson97. So, and then we have, I think we have a Facebook, don't we? We've got Facebook, we've got the SoundCloud, there'll be some music going on the SoundCloud once yeah. we get our EP out. Um, we'll be advertising all that on the Instagram yeah. and Facebook. We have Spotify now. Yeah, I think we'll be getting on mainstream clubs. Yeah, we'll be on Spotify and stuff like that soon. Hopefully. I think, yeah, release the EP. Easter, maybe, hopefully. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just gonna, just gonna get it mixed, but it's all recorded. Yeah. So, get that out, yeah. And then, and then it got, it's a lot of planning to focus on the release show, because we can't just put it out there with <laughs> yeah. no promotion or That's anything it. like that. We need to hype it up. Yeah. Oh yeah, get, give, give it a bit of suspense first, yeah. build yeah. it up, yeah. and then release. Definitely. If you live in Ellsby, you probably already know us oh. separately from the band, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well guys, thanks for talking with us. No and as I say, the set was amazing, so. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah. Brilliant, thank you. Uh, we're Crimson 97. So great to be here. So glad it stopped raining, finally. I think we've got another original coming up. This is Soraya Ever.
Next up, we have a band that were truly amazing, put together by Jack Manders, a young and outstandingly talented drummer, and his dad James, who is a fantastic guitarist in his own right. You join me chatting with the band just after we've been evacuated from the stage area because of the approaching thunder and lightning. So, I'm back at Live in the Park, where uh, we've, we've been evacuated from the main area, and I'm here with uh, Jack Manders and band. Now, who else have we got here? Uh, Noah Kiara on the saxophone. Uh, Ted Porter on the trumpet. George Ivanovich on the keys. Excellent. 
and dad on the uh, guitar. Hello, James. <laughs> so, Jack, I'll start with you because uh, they've been bigging you up on that stage. <laughs> yeah, they have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you've been playing the drums since you were one. Yeah, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I sort of just randomly picked it up, you know. Uh, I sort of used pots and pans, sort of different objects around the house and just started hitting them. And uh, what was it? I think my auntie bought me like a little toy drum. Played that for a long time, right? And uh, yeah, my parents invested in the drum kit. And uh, yeah, just started off from there. Because um, I heard about you when they did that not live in the park thing and you've submitted that video for all your drumming on there uh, back in 2020. And uh, I heard you play and I thought, Damn, this kid is good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And uh, now you've got a, a, re a band together who complement you just as well. Oh yeah. I think I, I formed this band well originally just for Park Life. To be honest, uh, they're, they're, they're my mates from school because we all go to a music school now in Bushy. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but but they, they've left the school now. Yeah. So, who were your influences, all of you? Start with you and work around. I mean, influences. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Like, I mean, my influences are John Blackwell. Uh, who else? <laughs> uh, of course, my parents are definitely they, they introduced me to it. Of course, and and then um, what else? I thought, uh, what's, what's his name again? <laughs> I, I totally forgot well, his big name. Big influence, right? eh? Big influence, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Zach Grooves. Zach Grooves, is a, I, I love his drops. And Darren McKenzie, that's his name. Darren McKenzie, Darren McKenzie. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I think those are my top influences, to Yeah. What about the rest of you? Any influences? Uh, I mean, musical influences on saxophone, obviously, sort of people like Charlie Parker and uh, Nick Brignola on the baritone, specifically, which is what I play. But I mean, big influences, obviously, my parents, um, for sort of showing that anything's you know possible. And grateful to them for investing in me and and my saxophone, which isn't cheap, and all of our instruments aren't particularly. So, um, but yeah, no, they're, they're the main ones really. Um, and obviously, inspirational teachers at our school um, is yeah, it's really fantastic, and it's really pushed me to go on to music college which is what I'm starting in a week's time awesome excellent what about you guys um, well I listen to quite quite a lot of stuff I think my main influences are Oscar Peterson Peter Keys and uh, Cannonball Adderley and I listen to more sort of fusion-y and uh, funky stuff too like I listen to quite a lot of uh, Earth and the Fire Snarky Puppy just try to get a big range of uh, music or playing uh, yeah that's what I've, I've I'm so sorry about that, guys. So what we're going to do, so we've got to officially wait half an hour before, after the last strike, before we can do anything. Basically, it was because there was only two seconds between the clap of thunder and the lightning strike, the lightning bolt, and therefore it's really close. And we, didn't, we have to make everybody safe. <laughs> two miles uh, away. So, so two miles away, exactly. And three is the magic number. As soon as it went under three, we were pressing the button. So that's what we had to do. So really sorry. So the aiming will be, so it was half an hour after the, the, the last flash, 
so therefore we're hoping to get you back on at 10 past 3. So we, what we'll then try and do is reschedule everybody and if everybody can kind of like shave about five minutes off the set, we can then catch up back on time but everybody still gets to play. Rescheduling that kind of thing, alright? Genuinely sorry. And thank you for understanding. And we'll hope you get back on this. Yeah, as I was saying, uh, I listened to uh, Oscar Peterson and uh, Cannibal Adderley, and then I listened to more sort of funky stuff, fusion stuff, like uh, Saki Buffy and After Love Is Gone. And I was sort of trying to uh, be versatile in what I play, be able to play more, both styles really. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> There's one question I always like to ask, and that is if you had one artist or even a piece of music that you could only play and that's all you had, what would it be? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> oh. It could be an album, even. That's really difficult. That is so difficult. That is such a hard question. Wow. It is really hard. Yeah. Anything. Absolutely anything. But that's the only thing I get. The thing is, what you've got to remember is, it's got to be something that you can play that you're not going to grow tired of, if you know what I mean. Because if it's the only thing you can play, you're just going to get fed up with it. Blues. Yeah, 12 bar blues. Because that could be anything. Bags group. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh no, that is so hard. Got to say, you're going to be on the top. Yeah. Patriot. Uh, I'll, I'll go blues as well because yeah, you can do anything with that. There is yeah. so much in there, yeah, yeah. definitely. Go on, Jack. I think probably the album that I wouldn't like sort of get tired of is uh, <laughs> Everything Yes. It's, uh, it's Zach Groove's band, but honestly, it's just it's brilliant. The drumming's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I like that one. Awesome. I love it. Great. So, how can people get hold of you? Because cause you're all going to be doing separate things, I, I guess. That's, that's, true. that's a very difficult question so, to get. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Instagrams. We're, yeah, I think most of ours are our names actually. So if you just search up our individual names, you'll find what each of us individually are doing. Okay. Um, yeah, that's about that's about it. We need to get on that properly. Yeah. yeah. More, more my TikTok. It's Jack, by the way. Seven. That's a little plug. TikTok. TikTok, yeah. Brilliant. So, guys, thanks for talking with us. I'm, I'm apologise for, well, it's not my fault, but it's been a bit, <laughs> bit strange and a bit surreal. Sorry, it's been a bit chaotic in uh, an interview. <laughs> I'd imagine you've done smoother ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little bit of editing, it should be all right. But, uh, yeah, thanks again. Thank you so much.
So that was the Jack Manders Band with their awesome rendition of the jazz classic Caravan. Lastly, and by no means least, I caught up with Craig and John from the Mojo Mules. So I'm back in Live in the Park 2023 and I'm with Craig and John from Mojo Mules. How are you doing, fellas? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, good. Thank you. Very good, good, man. That was an excellent set, by the way. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just glad the rain stopped. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So how would you describe your sound? Um, I'd just say it's like um, kind of acoustic blues mixed with kind of Dell blues, I'd yeah. say. And it's a bit of like funky elements, so that's probably our thing that mixes it up from other people. So we, we do the acoustic blues thing with a little bit of kind of funky side yeah, to it. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and it's um, unusual to bring the uh, the washboard along with it. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. That's uh, it, yeah. A lot of people think that's unusual. Uh, so it's just uh, just something I added uh, along the way when I uh, discovered skiffle music and uh, found out they used washboards and I thought oh, that'd be cool. So I just added that to the set. Be a laugh. Easier to carry around than a drum kit. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, the harmonica work as well is just phenomenal. Cheers, thank you very much. Cheers. And you, you with the uh, with the guitar, and you, you just give it that complete southern yeah. southern sound to that, and it's just like you can imagine uh, tumbleweed. No, yeah. You're going past when, well, yeah, when like in a western. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hopefully that's not the crowd, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, so, how long have you been together? Oh, that's a good question. Um, six, six, six years maybe? Six or seven Ra- years, yeah. ra- roughly. Around that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, we, uh, I think uh, we knew from each other around about the local music scene in Northampton, where we're from. And I think one day I messaged John and was like, oh, do you want to go join a jam? And he's like, oh, I'm going busking. So, uh, if you join me going busking, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> and uh, we did that and we went busking and, and it sounded pretty good straight off. Yeah. So, we're like, oh, yeah, we'll go and gig with that. It'll be fine. <laughs> So, are you used to these kind of venues, or...? Not really, no. No, no. we played a couple, like... Yeah, a couple of festivals and stuff. Mostly we play, like, pubs Pubs and and little little venues and blues clubs. Little blues clubs, really. Really, like, not a lot of outdoor stuff, so... No, so it's great to (laughs) play a a big outdoor thing and and see people, like, dancing and stuff. Yeah. yeah, It's really cool. Because, I mean, listening to your sound, I mean, I've, I've heard stuff like it on on radio stations like Six Music and things like that yeah. and I can see you fitting in on, on yeah. one of the shows yeah. uh, just amazing <laughs> I mean I, I just can't believe the kind of uh, diversity of sound that we've had at this event this year yeah. I mean obviously before you guys you had uh, Jack Manderson he's, he's oh, mad yeah, that, that was wicked, so it? that jazz funk followed by what yeah. you do it was just yeah, no, yeah. no, I'm doing the whiplash drum yeah. solo and all that. Yeah, it was good. Loving it. But I mean, what you, I mean, strip back what you do, but it, it makes an impact anyway. Yeah, we try, we try to. Yeah, so, who would you say are your influences in music? I think. Yeah, it's like kind of different for both of us, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Like, I I have a lot of influence, like vocally. I like BB King. Uh, I love that kind of thing. And like growing up, I loved Elvis. So I mean, that's kind of more rock and roll than blues, but that's kind of where I found the music from. Well, yeah, because it's all from that sort of like yeah, Memphis so it all area. comes from that. Yeah. Kind of um, yeah. church and music or whatever yeah. you call it. That. It's like, so that's where my mum loved Elvis. So I kind of found the blues from that and then loved it. But I think Craig. Yeah, different. mine's slightly different. <laughs> I started off playing drums about. 12, 
and I, I was really into like you know stuff like Black Sabbath and all this sort of stuff I made it and then I was listening to The Wizard by Sabbath and uh, the Aussie plays harmonica in it yeah. and I was like oh what's that that sounds a bit weird and then uh, I looked into it and I was like oh I'll try playing that because you can't play a melody on the drums um, so I was like oh get a little instrument I can play a melody on and then I got one for Christmas and then I was like oh what kind of music do you play on this thing and then kind of got into the blues that way really and like Sonny Terry, Sonny Boy Williamson, Lil Walter, Big Walter, all, all, all those guys really so yeah. yeah. So how long have you been playing the harmonica? Uh, probably about uh, 17 years. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And is it is it a hard instrument to play? Um, it depends really. I mean, I kind of learned from the internet and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So when someone's describing it to you, it's like all inside your gob, right? So you can't see what they're doing. They've got to tell you like, oh, I'm moving my lips this way or put my tongue like that or whatever. So, and you kind of have to pick it up and feel your way, feel your way around it really, I guess. <laughs> How long have you been playing for? Oh, um, probably around 14, 15 years, something like that. Slightly less than Craig, but yeah, still quite a while. It's, it is quite a while and it shows because the sound that you both produce is just amazing. It really is. Thank you. And I, I defy anybody not to feel the blues when you're playing. It's, it's that's what you. That's what you want. I mean, yeah. I think the kind of music blues, like you have to give everything to it. Like you can't. I mean, you could play it perfectly, <laughs> but it wouldn't have the same passion. You have to let yourself go and just get into it, and then the crowd will hopefully kind of feel that as well. Well, they say with the the, the old-fashioned blues artists that if you can't play the blues unless you felt some pain. Yeah. Because um, you listen to any of those lyrics, there's pain behind yeah. those lyrics. Yeah. And and it shows. Uh, the blues and um, some of the other genres that go along with it. I mean, anything from sort of like Tennessee, Memphis, or at that neck of the woods. It's a hard life, and that's where the the music comes yeah. from. Yeah, uh, it's like, uh, so for you guys to pick that up and run with it <laughs> is just. Yeah. Well, we do come from Northampton, right? So it's pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been. I wasn't going to say. <laughs> Last time I went to Northampton, I, I was camping at Billy Aquadrome. And I don't know if you know that Billy Aquadrome is built on a floodplain. Yeah. And we were soaked and muddy and it's a bit like today, really. Perfect but, location I mean, for a campsite. And, <laughs> We went to Northampton Town for the day, and everyone thought we were gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lovely, so, lovely place. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not Northampton, but I used to spend a lot of time in Wellingborough. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that and uh, Corby, yeah. of all places. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. I, uh, I'm going to say this again, I've said it to everybody else that I've spoken to since I've been doing these kind of interviews. It's kind of a desert island disc type thing. You're stuck on a desert island. You've got one album. <laughs> What's it going to be? Uh, one album, wow. Um, for me, probably BB King, Live in Africa. Just I could listen to that over and over again. That's actually a really good choice, actually. Uh, 
yeah, it just has a bit of everything really, and it's just like, yeah, I think it'd keep you motivated because it's it's got that funky, it's got that drive to it. So you'd be uh, if you're sitting there bored and you're like, I can't bother to go and find some coconuts or whatever, it probably it probably give you some energy. <laughs> I discovered BB King not through the normal channels. Um, through U2's Rattle and Hum. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because they spent a lot of time with BB King and other artists from that area. Um, and that's where I discovered the blues. Yeah. Um, and then went from there and you know, listened to people, you know, a bit of, you know, I know it's a slightly different sound with Bo Diddley and stuff like yeah. that. But, yeah. yeah it's all part of that same thing, isn't it? Yeah. What about you, Craig? Yeah, it's difficult to choose one. You really put them on the spot here, mate. Um, <laughs> Um, but I, I don't kind of jumped in there quickly. Yeah, <laughs> probably um, uh, if yeah going with blues, I'd probably say like Muddy Waters Hard Again. Um, that's that's a great album. You got like um, James Cotton on harmonica and Johnny Winner on guitar. And obviously Muddy Waters in there, and it's it's just yeah just great. So yeah, I'd, I'd probably yeah if I had to pick one, maybe that one. <laughs> but then if ask me tomorrow, I'll give you a different answer. So. <laughs> awesome. So. How do people get hold of you if they want to listen to your music or get in touch or? Yeah, we're on we're on social media, so you can go on our website, Mojo Mules. Uh, is it dot co dot uk? Dot com. Dot com. Definitely com. So dot com, Mojo Mules dot com, and you can find us on Facebook by just Mojo Mules and Instagram, and we've got a SoundCloud, so you can go and check out our music on there because we're just recording at the moment and working on sticking some stuff up on Spotify and streaming services and all that malarkey. Probably the best is Instagram, right, for like current stuff. Yeah, Instagram, probably, yeah. Just Mojo Mules. Excellent. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, you too, mate. And, yeah, hope to see you again soon. Definitely. Cheers, mate. Thank you very much. All right, so... When I need your help on this one, I've got to be honest. So, uh, John here likes to get me to sing backing vocals. But the truth is, I'm not great at it. So, uh, you guys are going to have to help me out if that's all right. I think there's enough here. So, um, we'll see how we get on. But uh, the words you've got to repeat are, let the good times roll. It'll become obvious when you've got to say it, because I'll be saying it. If I'm not saying it, don't say it. All right? That makes sense? Are we all on the same page? All right, let's give it a go. All right, go on then, John.
and I mentioned earlier in the show, Who's Got the Dog were headlining Live in the Park 2023. Unfortunately, I didn't get to chat with them this time round, but I did speak to Andrea and Lee from the band back in 2019. So for those of you who haven't heard that chat, here you go. So I'm here at Live in the Park at Asbury Vale Park uh, for the Asbury Town Council, and I am with... Who's the dog? And uh, who we got here? We got Andrea, who's the singer, and Lee. Trumpet. Trumpet. So, describe the band. So, we're a 10 piece uh, function band. We play um, for weddings and other functions, birthday parties, and some corporate dues. Play lots of fun, dancey numbers. Um, our repertoire covers all genres from the 60s to present day rock, wow. pop, soul, funk, and disco. And what, what would you say is most popular with the people doing it performing? Well, there's loads of numbers that people love. Um, all the kind of classics, uh, disco classics particularly, get people up dancing. Um, a lot of the newer ones, uh, kind of uptown funks and happies and things like that, we get a lot of people um, filling the dance floor for those. Definitely. So it's fun. Definitely. And then obviously when we um, drag out the uh, older soul, Aretha like Franklin numbers, they, they always go down an absolute storm as well. So how long have you been going? Well, this is our 20th year. Wow. It's uh, yeah, 1999. We officially formed in 1999. It was uh, an offshoot of a, a another band originally, and it was just known as the Small Band. Um, yeah, back in 98. But then it didn't actually right go. No, actually, let's give this a go. Uh, 19, Christmas 1999. Got some gigs in London, and then it just took off from there. So. It sounds like you actually go all over the place with, with the band. Yeah, I mean, mainly the south of England, I guess, but 
right down south, so I come up from a long time, you know, a long way to get up to a lot of our gigs. But yeah, it's good fun. Oh, we do, it's because yeah. it's so much fun. Yes, yeah. that's what it's about. Actually, we, we if we're not having fun, then we can't expect our audience to be having fun. Exactly. Awesome. Why the name? Uh, I don't know. Should we reveal that secret? <laughs> um, when the band was formed, um, the original guitar player was quite miserable and he used to wind everyone up. <laughs> um, and it had the effects of uh, here we go, oh, here we go again. He wasn't and, the bassist, was it? No, lead guitar uh, player. Right. Normally the bassist. And yeah. literally at one rehearsal, one of the, ori the original sax players said, "Oh, who's got the dog this week then?" <laughs> and it just stuck, really. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But that yeah. works. That works. <laughs> <laughs> an certainly an interesting name. There's a question that we always like to ask when we do these kind of things, and the, the question is. If you were on a desert island and you had one album, what would it be? Uh, well, Lee will laugh because we don't do any Madonna, but mine would be Immaculate Collection. Uh, <laughs> uh, little singer. Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life. Wow, that's a heavy album. <laughs> that is a, that's a good choice, actually. There's a lot, so many covers of them done and stuff of that album. Yeah, well. yeah you, you cannot fault anything Stevie does. Amazing. You can't. <laughs> but you are, yeah. That's another one that fills the dance floor. Yeah. Or the Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Um, yeah. Superstition, I imagine, would go down quite well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's next for you? Um, we've got, got some private functions coming up now. That's predominantly where our work is. We don't, we don't often do public events like this because we're a 10 piece band so we're, we're big so we can't do pubs um, we have done pubs and we do do pubs and, it's quite, and it is quite funny getting a 10 piece band in a pub where they normally have a three or a four piece but yeah we've got some weddings and corporate events coming up now in the cards for the rest of the year but this kind of event is ideal for you because there's so many different genres of music that's actually played yeah. at this event that you, you fit in just perfectly. Well, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone seemed to enjoy themselves. So. And with the sun, the sun as well. I mean, that just makes everybody exactly. in a good mood. It was a great and, day. Yeah. So, um, where can people get hold of you? Oh, uh, we've got a website, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter. Um, who's got the dog? It's as simple as that, find just, us. Just type it in. Who's got the dog? Go. Twitter. There's no one else with that name. Yeah, no one else that yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, so it's uh, uh, wgtd.co.uk is the website. Um, underscore wgtd is Twitter. And who's got the dog? On is Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Excellent. Well, guys, it's been fantastic talking with you both. And I uh, hope to see you again somewhere. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. Stay in touch, look us up. Thanks yeah. very much. Definitely. So to play out this section of the show, here's Who's Got the Dog with their version of Uptown Funk from their 2023 set. Come on, you know this one too. I got tucks on, let's send her on. Gonna kiss myself, but too pretty. Too hot, hot damn. Call the police and the fireman. Too hot, hot damn. Make a drag of water for time, man. Too hot, hot damn, hot damn. Same in every door I am. 
now. Girl said to me, hallelujah. Girl said to me, hallelujah. Girl said to me, Chris Lintar, and I want to say Merry Christmas to all the TGP nominal listeners out there. Hi everyone, this is Ross Hockram from uh, UK Astronomy. Just wanted to wish uh, all the TGP nominal listeners a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. 
Hi, this is Zach Allegan, and you're listening to the TGP Podcast. Merry Christmas, everybody. Now, we can't have our Christmas crossover without a festive tune, so we'd like to end the show with something a little bit special. If you've ever listened to the Garbage Pods Eurovision special, you will recognise the next voice. This is Leslie Ann Shaw bringing you the gift of not gold, frankincense or myrrh, but the gift of song. Hey, don't look so disappointed. Here's my cover of an old festive classic for all you Garbage Pod and TGP nominal listeners. So Merry Christmas, darlings, and a Happy New Year. Thanks, Leslie. That was wonderful. And if you don't feel Christmassy after that, then you must have ice in your veins. Hello, science lovers. It's Steph Evs of The Stimulus. I hope you and your loved ones have a wonderful holiday and a Happy New Year. Back at the Justice League... Wonder Woman defends the reputations of Mark Taylor and John Berger, a TGP nominal. Batman, you've got it all wrong. Mark Taylor is not the man you're looking for. We still don't know much about him. Obviously, he's a time-traveling warlord. He's littered the streets with buildings he's stolen from other time periods. What have you been smoking, Batman? Mark's not a warlord. He's the host of TGP nominal. Hawkwoman, can you please talk some sense into Batman? He's lost it. He's not a warlord. At least he wasn't at first. When we chased him to the Old West, all he was stealing was historical trinkets. What? 
No, 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 no. You got Mark mixed up with some DC villain. He's causing severe damage to the space-time continuum. Uh, the degradation is increasing exponentially. Are you hearing me? When we were in the Old West, I got a good look at his time belt. Mark doesn't wear a time belt. I've written a program that should disable it. If we can get close enough to upload it. Now see here, Bruce. Mark is much too busy doing a show to be messing around with the space-time continuum. If we can get our hands on the belt, maybe we can stop any of this from ever happening in the first place. Okay, that's it. Look, I'm gonna tell you one last time. Mark is the host of TGP Nominal. They talk space, technology, sci-fi, comic books, gaming gadgets. It's a podcast. In other words, he's not the guy you're looking for. Okay, I've saved the day once again. Can we now move on, please, and finish baking the Christmas cookies? Hi, Mark. This is Laura LaRue wishing you, John Berger, and everybody listening to your great show, TGP Nominal, a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hey, TGP Nominal Podcast listeners, this is Noah Petro, the project scientist of NASA's Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter, lunar scientist, space enthusiast, and I want to wish everyone a happy, safe holiday season and a most wonderful new year. I look forward to talking to you in the new year. I hope you have a chance to get outside, enjoy the night sky, and uh, look forward to exciting things to come. Take care, everybody. TGP listeners, this is Casper Van Dien. Welcome to the Roughnecks and Merry Christmas. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialize in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. So we come to the end of the Garbage Pod Stroke TGP Nominal Christmas Crossover for 2023. I hope you all enjoyed your time with us. I'd like to thank everyone who made both the Garbage Pod and TGP Nominal possible this year, including Ross Hockham from UK Astronomy, Will from Twice Brewed Stargazing, Leslie Ann Shaw, and of course, my partner in crime, John Berger. I would like to thank Ruth Mayhew and all her team at Owsbury Town Council for being so accommodating during Live in the Park, all the bands and artists that took time out to chat with us during the event, Paul McGinn for his photography skills during Live in the Park, and FBL Broadcasting for allowing us to use the audio from the live stream during the day. Thanks to everyone who has listened to us waffle on over the year, Hopefully 2024 will be bigger and better for the Garbage Pod family. So we'll speak to you all again in the new year. And as Santa would say... Ho, 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 have a Merry Christmas! Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. If you want to get in touch with us, then... Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. 
If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Station, this is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event. Ho, 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 toodles. Ho, ho, ho.